This is the Wikipedia page for Baby, It's Cold Outside. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Renato, KSN. I'm a little nervous to go through this article. I can understand. There's a lot of controversy around this song, but I think it's, I don't know, interesting, right? If you're nervous to go through this article, do you want to go through the article? Oh, we yeah, don't have I want to go through this article. We're doing oh, this article. All right. You, you, you made me, I was like, I'm not forcing you. I just. All right. Give it a stop. Give it a go, shall we? Let's do this. Baby, It's Cold Outside is a popular song written by Frank Loser in 1944 and popularized in the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. While the lyrics make no mention of a holiday, it is popularly regarded as a Christmas song owing to its winter theme. The song was released in eight recordings in 1949 and has been covered numerous times since. History During the 1940s, whenever Hollywood celebrities with vocal talents attended parties, they were expected to perform songs. In 1944, Lesser wrote Baby It's Cold Outside to sing with his wife, Lynn Garland, at their housewarming party in New York City at the Navarro Hotel. They sang the song to indicate to guests that it was time to leave. (laughs) Garland has written that after the first performance, we became instant parlor room stars. We got invited to all the best parties for years on the basis of Baby. It was our ticket to caviar and truffles. Parties were built around our being the closing act. In 1948, after years of performing the song, Lesser sold it to MGM for the 1949 romantic comedy Neptune's Daughter. Garland was furious. I felt as betrayed as if I'd caught him in bed with another woman. There you go. Great impression of Mrs. Garland. I'm so glad I don't live in an era where... If you have any singing abilities whatsoever, you're expected to just perform at a party you're trying to chill at. I mean, congratulations on becoming a uh, host of a podcast that is going to probably make you perform for people all the time. That's fine. I'm happy to perform for people. But I just I'm glad that I'm not in an era where like if I throw a New Year's party, I'm expected to sing. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a part of that. I don't think that I don't think that that's what we just read. During the 1940s, Hollywood celebrities with vocal talents attended parties. They were expected to perform songs. So it's not because they threw a party. It's just like when celebrities attended parties. Yeah, regardless. Like if I go to a friend's party, I don't want to necessarily perform. I get it. But, you know, the 1940s were a different time where performers were expected to perform. Wow. I guess us performers are so lazy now. Us entitled millennials don't want to perform at parties anymore. Something like that. According to Esther Williams, the producers of Neptune's Daughter had planned to use a different lesser song, I'd Like to Get You on a Slow Boat to China. What? But studio censors thought it was too suggestive and replaced it with Baby. The song won the 1949 Academy Award for Best Original Song. Lyrics. The song is a call-and-response duet between two people, a host called Wolf in the score, usually performed by a male singer, and a guest called Mouse, usually performed by a female. 
Every line in the song features a statement from the guest followed by a response from the host. The lyrics consist of the host trying to convince the guest that she should stay for a romantic evening because he fears her getting too cold outside, despite the fact that she feels she should return home to her concerned family and neighbors. In the film <laughs> Neptune's Daughter, the song is first performed by Ricardo Montalban and Esther Williams, then with a comic parody twist by Betty Garrett and Red Skelton. This time, the man wants to leave, and the woman is the host and wants him to stay. Oh yes, prime comedy. In at least one published version, the tempo of the song is given as Lesserando, a humorous reference to the composer's name. 1949 recordings. Don Cornell and Laura Leslie with Sammy Kay and his orchestra recorded on April 12th and released by RCA Victor peaked at number 12 on Billboard's records most played by Disc Jockeys chart at number 13 on Billboard's best-selling popular retail records chart lasting 10 weeks on the chart and at number 17 on Billboard's most played jukebox records chart in mid-1949. Bing Crosby and James Stewart abbreviated radio performance with Stewart taking the mouse part from the Bing Crosby Chesterfield show, released on the Bing Crosby Christmas Gift Collection. Doris Day and Bob Hope, radio performance from The Bob Hope Show. Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Jordan with The Timpani Five, recorded on April 28th and released by Decca Records, peaked at number nine on Billboard's most played jukebox records chart and at number 17 on Billboard's best-selling popular retail records chart, lasting seven weeks on the latter chart in mid-1949. Lynn Garland and Frank Lesser, credited as Lynn and Frank Lesser, released by Mercury Records. Homer and Jethro and June Carter, released by RCA Victor, that's also my name, peaked at number 22 on Billboard Records' most played disc jockey chart on the week ending August 20th, 1949. Dean Martin and Marilyn Maxwell, radio performance from The Martin and Lewis Show, released on several compilations, including The Very Best of Dean Martin and Relax, It's Dean Martin, Volume 2. Relax, it's Dean Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Dinah Shore and Buddy Clark with Ted Dell and his orchestra recorded on March 17th and released by Columbia Records peaked at number three on Billboard's records most played by Disc Jockeys chart at number four on Billboard's best-selling popular retail records chart and at number six on Billboard's most played jukebox records chart in mid-1949. Margaret Whiting and Johnny Mercer with Paul Weston and his orchestra recorded on March 18th and released by Capitol Records peaked at number three on Billboard's records most played by a disc jockeys chart at number four on Billboard's best-selling popular retail records chart lasting 19 weeks on the chart and at number eight on Billboard's most played jukebox records chart in mid-1949. Other recordings. As of 2020, there are over 400 recordings of the song. The following list is incomplete. Everyone, I'm not going to read the entire list, just so you should know that it starts in 1951 and has many versions, usually more than one per year, and goes all the way to 2020. Lyrical Controversy Since 2009, the song has faced criticism among some listeners for the alleged implications of its lyrics with elements such as the line, Say, what's in this drink? 
and the wolf's unrelenting pressure for the mouse to remain in spite of her repeated suggestions that she should go home being described as suggestive of sexual harassment or even date rape. However, others have noted that cultural expectations at the time of the song's writing were such that women were not socially permitted to spend the night with a boyfriend or fiancé and that the woman states that she wants to stay, while what's in this drink was a common idiom of the period used to sidestep social expectations by blaming one's action on the influence of alcohol. Susan Lesser, the daughter of songwriter Frank Lesser, attributed the controversy to the song being associated with Bill Cosby after television programs such as Saturday Night Live and South Park satirically depicted it being performed by the comedian who had been accused of sexually assaulting numerous women and was convicted in one case that would eventually be overturned. Yikes. In 2018... The airing of the song was cancelled by a number of radio stations, including Canada's CBC streaming service, after social media criticism and public pressure regarding the song's lyrics. On November 30th, 2018, Cleveland, Ohio radio station WDOK Star 102 announced that it had removed the song from its playlist due to its lyric content based on listener input amid the Me Too movement. On December 4th, 2018, the Canadian radio broadcasters Bell Media, CBC Radio, and Rogers Media followed suit. The decision was divisive among critics and the general public, with supporters arguing that the song's possible implications of date rape did not align with current societal norms, and others arguing that the decision was an appeal to political correctness. Station KOIT in San Francisco, having placed the song on hold pending listener feedback, returned it to the playlist after 77% of respondents opposed its removal. CBC Radio subsequently reinstated the song as well. Following the controversy, the song rose to the top 10 of Billboard's digital sales list for the week of December 22, 2018, with a 70% increase in downloads. In 2019, vocalists John Legend and Kelly Clarkson also recorded the song with modified lyrics written by Legend and Natasha Rothwell, for an expanded edition of Legend's A Legendary Christmas album. The lyrical changes, which included lines from The Wolf emphasizing sexual consent, became a new source of controversy in their own rights. (laughs) Deanna Martin, whose father, Dean Martin, had recorded a popular version of the song in 1959, criticized the new interpretation as absurd, saying her father would not have approved of altering the lyrics, which she maintained to be more sexually explicit in the new version than in Lesser's original, in order to appease contemporary sensibilities. The next section is charts. That's actually um, all there is to read. Yeah, so there's a that lot. Is the, yeah. That is the end. The, the rest is all charts. The controversy around this song is actually kind of interesting. And I, li- I like the part of the article where they talk about how, at the point that it was written, things meant different things. And so it is just like, this song was probably ruined when people paired it with Bill Cosby. Because <laughs> now everybody thinks of it this way. I mean, yeah, but then if you look at the lyrics in today's context, they are pretty, you know, not great for, I don't know, Christmas season, I guess. No, I'm not, in, in, yeah, if you look at the lyrics in today's context, they're not necessarily great. It's just, it's it's similar to how there are things in old movies that are cringeworthy, which are not intended to be 
they're not intended to be a certain way, but like seeing them now, you're like, oh, you know, we would have put more thought into it today than yeah. they did then. Because at that time, you know, the guy was singing a song, a, a song that he made with his wife to show off at parties. You know, it's it it and what it has become is just like a a bigger part of the zeitgeist. Anyway, looks like it's uh, still out there for people to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think songs should be banned in the same way I don't think books should be banned. But, I mean, is this the song you want to play for your kids at Christmas time? I don't know. Oh my god, you're so wise. I'm not. I don't think so either. This has been the Wikipedia page for Baby It's Cold Outside. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at Wikilisten except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. If you have a Wikipedia page that you'd like us to read, please let us know. 